0: no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the epic final. Novak Djokovic, Carlos Alcaraz. We saw it in Wimbledon and we're gonna get it at the US Open. He's gonna be able to handle a situation in a Grand Slam final against Djokovic because he's beaten him in one. I'm going for Carlos Alcaraz.
0: The main man, the number 24, Novak Djokovic. U.S. Open time, baby! Let's go! Golf could be our U.S. Open champion. Three-set
1: final in which Egar wins. Near or near impossible that Djokovic doesn't make the final. Novak Djokovic claiming his 24th Grand Slam title on the women's side. Then the bingo! No surprise here. I think that Novak Djokovic will win this year's U.S. Open and Coco Goff is going to be
0: the American that wins it on the women's side
1: that Novak Djokovic will win this Grand Slam, beating Alcaraz
0: in the final. I believe that Sabalenka is going to uh, ace up this uh, Grand Slam.
1: Sabaleta and Djokovic take care.
0: Novak Djokovic will have as many Grand Slams as there are hours in the day. Ansjabur is going to do it. I really believe, I think Oz has learned from her mistakes. Novak Djokovic is going to win the U.S. Open. Karina
1: Sabalenka is winning her second Grand Slam. Carlos Alcaraz is going back to back. He's gonna defend his U.S. Open title. Coco Goth on home soil is taking home the cake. Goth will win.
0: Hey, welcome back, tennis fans! Here we are. Day seven is in the books, and we had some fantastic matches yesterday. As you'll notice, uh, if you're watching this, not just listening, myself, JG, next to each other today for this podcast, and we're going to be going through Coco Goff, her amazing run; Iga Swiatek out of the US Open; the reigning champion is defeated by Ostapenko, and also Novak Djokovic. Still cruising through a straight sets win for him too. How are you doing? Good to see you in the flesh, mate. Yeah, doing well, mate. As people are probably watching, you can see the grass in the
1: background. I can assure you we're not at Wimbledon. <laughs> we're very much focused on the hard courts of America. And what a day it was for America because there's so many Americans uh, through to the next round. And a real prospect of one of them... Maybe making history and beating Djokovic and getting all the way to a Grand Slam final in the US Open. But long way to go because Novak Djokovic still looking incredible. He didn't drop a set against Borna Goyo. It went like we thought it would. And yeah, he's getting better and better with each match which passes. You'd have expected him to have won that one comfortably. I think it is an easier one than the round before in Laslo Gere. But still, he got it done. Forgetting Djokovic, we will speak about it. Let's speak about the big story of the day. And that was the upset. It is a shock upset. I know some people were saying it was going to happen. Did you say it was going to happen? It's in my bracket. Yeah, we had Harmon as well. He had Ostapenko winning the whole thing. So we've got a few little know-it-alls on Game to Love who think they know what's going, going to happen. But they've
0: got this one right. So I'll give you a pat on the back. Nice oh, big hard one. That's, well. that's why that's why I came uh, to meet you today. I wanted it in person. <laughs> I wanted the pat on the back. So I've got it. Uh, yeah, I've I'm even happy. taken my hat off for you. <laughs> Brilliant. I've, you've got a double whammy. That was a really
1: good call from you, and I didn't think it was going to happen. I mean, Ostapenko was at sixes to win.
0: Of course, uh, she's never lost to Iga, and that record continues. Yeah, maybe uh, we'll meet up again. If Ben Shelton makes the semi-final, semifinals, and I can will you give me a away. hard pat on the back as well? Oh, well, I'll take this hat off as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, Ostapenko, it was always possible. And you see here on court, it says honestly, I don't believe—I uh, don't believe in it a hundred percent. Uh, it's a great sports rivalry which is not uh, Ostapenko versus Eger, it's Ostapenko versus the electronic line calling, she argues with everything doesn't matter if you're in the stands it's the electronic robots the umpire, the ball kids, she'll argue with anything if you're in front of her, you're going to get it and well, I just love it I think it's just good for tennis she's a funny
1: character, she's a bit like Marmite a lot of people don't like her Uh, But you either love her or you hate her. I am on the side of I do really like her. Um, I find her very interesting. I see some similarities to Daniel Medvedev in her mannerisms. But she's a different kind of player to anyone. Nobody you can compare in the tennis sense to Ostapenko. It's a very high-risk strategy. She knew what she had to do against Iga, and that was play ultra-aggressive and basically pose a lot of questions to Iga and worry her and make her have to think a little bit different. Uh, But yeah, this quote's quite a funny one, really. It's just her against the electronic line calling. Every tournament, she always criticises the electronic line calling. She hates it. She doesn't agree with it. She thinks it's wrong most of the time. She doesn't believe in it. Why? I I think she's just a bit crazy, really, with certain things. I liked where she was sending that guy out. I don't think it was against Ege. It was in the round before where she was um, ushering him out. All the crowd were
0: backing her. But she's certainly a character. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're going to have a look at Iger's uh, run in fourth rounds at slams. Yeah. But just before we get to that one, I, I know that Ostapenko now the only player to have four wins against Iga, And that in itself, we know Iger is susceptible to like bogey players. Rabakina seems to be one of them. Definitely now we can confirm Ostapenko is definitely a bogey player. They have
1: something in common, and that's that they can hit very big. It's just crazy that Sabalenka, I feel, falls short sometimes. It seems to be in the balance, that match. It's quite close, but I feel she falls short. And there's so many different narratives, really, to talk about this match. Of course, you've got the element, the fact that, uh, obviously, Ostapenko doesn't lose to Iga. She's beaten her four times. You've then got the other aspect, in terms of uh, Ostapenko is very good friends with Arina Sabalenka. They're yes. really good friends off the court. And she's done her a favour because Adina Sabalenka has become world number one right is. now. And she, well, Ostapenko put an Instagram story out saying, congratulations, girl, <laughs> so happy for you. And she was the person who did it. There's, there's been a lot of memes. Yeah. I'm not sure if we've got them all here. Uh, I forget what tweets I've sent you, but there was a lot of memes sort of circulating. Yeah. And that was... Well, this is quite a funny one. This is not, this is just Sabalenka having a dance, and this is the new <laughs> world number one. <laughs> there she is. She's, I think she's going to be a popular world number one, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. But Ostapenka, there was one like of her saying, uh, I saw like a fan account, and there was like, don't worry, I've got you, girl. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the one who beats Eager because it is a challenge in itself. I feel yeah. it's like
0: winning the Grand Slam just beating Eager. She's done it four times. Well, she's one of the only people who, when she goes up against her, I actually consider it. And there's not many people you can say that for. I no. think Sabba, you consider it, but with Ostepenko, I actually get this gut feeling that Iga doesn't like playing her because she throws up the uh, like you don't know what you're going to get. Each shot could go that way, that way. It could go in the stands. You don't know where it's going to go, and she breadstick to her in the final set I mean impressive saying all of that though there wasn't many unforced
1: errors yeah and no. it was really impressive the lack of unforced errors <laughs> she her reaction says it all I don't know if we've got like an image you could look, you can see her face there <laughs> <laughs> that is her when she's just realized she only hit 20 unforced errors in the match um, wow. early in the tournament she had 80 unforced errors in one match so it's one-fourth of that one. That's mad. And she was shocked as much as I was because I didn't get to see the match live because it was so late in the UK. It started about 2 o'clock, I think. Later. Or later, 3 o'clock. Yeah. I was fast asleep at that point. Um, But when I woke up, I was expecting... I saw the score, I was like, "What happened here? Clearly the unforced error is going to be low, but I thought no way near... It wouldn't have been 20. I was still expecting 40, 50 for a three-set match, more so. But no, twenty. So, raised her game. She was hitting big, and it was clearly finding the call. From what I've seen in the in the uh, highlights as well. Yeah, everything went well for her, and. The reason I think this is significant is because is this a one-off? Is it a case of she's done that in this match and now next match she's going to go back to the 80 unforced? force. Every round she progresses is going to be against really good players who are in form, clearly. Coco Goth next. Coco Goth next, who looks so good in the third set. Yes. One of the best players in the draw when it comes to a third set. Yep. If this does to go, is to go free, Ostapenko needs to play like she against Eager. Otherwise, if she does sort of a
0: 40 unforced force there set, she will lose. Yeah. Definitely. She won't won't be able to get through Coco Goff like that. Well, Coco Goff, obviously she got through a tough match, but the one similarity both of these players have is the final set convincing. And I think Ostapenko is more impressive because it's against Iga. But Coco Goff, I mean, Wozniacki is not an easy person to play against and... Coco Goff said in her post-match she reckons that Wozniaki will be a seed for the next slam and she's playing like a top five player, she said. That's how good that Coco rated her. But look at Coco digging in again and the crowd, receptive, Brad Gilbert. She's even telling him to be quiet yeah, in I the box. He's like saying, look, just shut up for The second, but that and just telling her team, they all back down to her, and I like that. She's got fire within that. Yeah, despite her saying that, I feel like they're on a really
1: good level. Yeah, it's not, it's it not. doesn't cross any boundaries no. of they like know. disrespect. I think it's just they're good friends. They she's very honest, and I think it's important to be honest in the sport. Let's just end on ego because there is one thing I wanted to say quickly on that. Let me just delete this one because we don't need that. The second one, no, just um, oh, here we go, and this is. Basically, how well she gets on in fourth rounds. Yeah. She's got one of the best records in finals, we know that. She usually breadsticks or bagels, first round, second round, third round, she's great. Yeah. When it gets to a fourth round, she's six and six. She's never retired. She's lost the first set in the last six, uh, winning four of them. She's also won the first set five times, losing three. Hmm. And she's got a better win percentage from a set down than a set up. She's uh, last first set one was Wimbledon 2021, and she's won in straight sets, only two out of 12. Someone who wins always in straight <laughs> sets very like easily. It's round. strange that it takes a fourth round for her to come out. Whether that's just the opposition, you can have a look at some of the names yeah. here, um, or is it just the fact that she's in that round? I don't think it is the opposition, because you can see here, no. look at the players she's lost to, Bencic, usually he should beat her. Um, so, Zeng, Niemeyer, Rebecca I can understand and Halep here, a loss as well. She's done very well against Hallep and the others beat Kontovit and Kostric and Jabir. But, yeah, it's a strange stat and one to consider. I'll definitely now be a bit wary
0: in any fourth round matchup when I'm doing the draw preview with Iga. Wow, well, uh, I like these statistics but you'll probably remember it better than what I will come the next tournament. But she said that in her post-match press conference, she's not really that happy with her hard court slams this year. She doesn't feel that she's performed to her high level that she really puts on herself. And she didn't, she couldn't really put her finger on what was wrong. She just said, I just couldn't like get the, like, the motion going. I, I sort of lost the motion in the final part of the match and couldn't get it back. And as much as I want to give her credit for admitting that she lost her way, I feel that it's down to Ostapenko as well. You can't find your motion if someone's going boom and they're just yeah, firing into the corners. You can't get a rhythm at all. You no, can't hit the ball. I'll always stand by this
1: statement. And that is, I think Ostapenko will beat any player if she plays at her best. Yep. I don't care who it is. I think yep. even Serena Williams, when she's playing amazing, I think Ostapenko has the ability which no other lady has ever possessed. Which is special to have, but I mean, it doesn't happen often. I mean, it sort of takes one in a hundred sometimes with Ostapenko, But if she, everything goes well and she doesn't miss, she is unplayable. There's no yeah. two ways about it. And she can beat everyone. She'll be probably the favourite for this whole tournament if she can continue that run. Well, if she beats Coco Golf. Well, if she yeah. plays like yeah. without making unforced errors and just blackout sort of tennis, just blowing her out of the water, then she's got a real shot.
0: Um, I feel she's like a football team that... Scores six goals a game but concedes five. That's how I see her. When she wins, she wins, but it's exciting, there's always drama. She's a bit like Chelsea when they used to be good. <laughs> I was going to um. compare them to Blackpool when they came up to the Premier League, and that Ian Holloway's all out attack meant they lost 4 3 nearly every match, <laughs> but <laughs> it's the opposite way around. But anyway, yeah, let's move on to we've spoken about that, we've spoken about Coco who. Uh, let's move on to through the tweets we've spoken about Sabalenka as well but just um, I want to
1: speak about Iga a little bit because her season I saw uh, some statistics on how she's now fared in all of the Grand Slams and Masters it's not a bad season don't get me wrong but one thing I was a bit surprised about is she's not won a Masters event this year that is surprising. So there's a few semi-finals in there or late runs, but she's not won an actual Masters event. So what I wanted to post to you is, of course, e, uh, Sabalenka's now the new world number one. Do you think that will be the case come the end of the year? Um, or do you think
0: Iga's going to regain that world number one status come the end of the year? I think she'll be able to hold on to it, Sabalenka, if I'm perfectly honest. I think that what Iga did last year... Well, we're year, off the clay now. So what Iga did was yeah. so incredible last year that... I feel that all those points, it was always a possibility this year that she was going to have to defend a lot and she may drop off a little bit just due to the points. I feel that next year we could see her straight back on top again though because she'll be able to win back all the points again. So it could just be a little bit like that until she really finds that groove throughout the whole year again. Maybe we won't see her win 37 matches in a row ever again. Who knows? But we might see consistent seasons that last for a very, very uh, long time. And she's good over the whole year then, rather than just having a good year, bad year, good year, bad year. She's so young still, so I'm not too concerned about it. But Sabalenga, she's young as well. And this is a good rivalry. I think it's going to continue for quite a few years. And I'm hoping Goff can get herself in the mix as well, because... the the girl was turning into a woman in this tournament. That's the one thing that she's really noted. I like the fact that she's sticking up for herself. I like the fact that she's confident. And her press conference goes on for ages. She's willing to take every question there is. And it's about 15 minutes. Some of them are about two minutes 15 minutes I think it's it's just yeah it's just it's very interesting she's an interesting person to listen
1: to as well so I'm there's very few press conferences I can listen to from start to finish but she's someone I'm intrigued to hear what she's got to say and there's a lot of uh, demand for questions with her as well. I think it's because she gives good answers. Yes, she you got to remember in these sort of sporting situations with a lot of sports stars, not just in tennis. How many times do you see just the same sort of mundane responses, and Always. you kind of wish you never asked the question because you know what the answer is going to be before you've asked it. And I feel she doesn't <laughs> give that element because she has that something a bit different. Is so Andy Murray you're talking about?
0: Oh. No. <laughs> no,
1: I'm talking more about footballers, to be fair, because no. a lot of them do it, oh, and it's don't. a bit frustrating. But yeah. you do get it in tennis football's, an awful
0: lot as well. Football's the worst for it. I can't stand a football post-match interview. Yeah, well, it was a really tough match. When and they always reference the team, and that yeah. the most important part of it. Like, well, what's that mean to you? Well, the team did great today. Yeah. <laughs> did, it's always the team... But they do thank their team in tennis as well.
1: But yeah. Before we move on to a very big team, and that's the American team and how they're doing, uh, I want to speak about, of course, Novak Djokovic. We covered the match. You finished the whole thing off. Yeah. And we've got a tweet here from tennis. Um, and they said, I don't know if you want to get it up on the screen, it is on here, uh, on, on this one. And it says, Did you know, with his 85th career win at the US Open... Djokovic has now won 85 or more matches at all four majors. Love so you've got 89 at Australian Open, 92 Roland Karros, 92 Wimbledon, 85 US Open, US Open being the lowest. But however many matches he now wins more, that will be the lowest one, which is a record in itself. So the record can only be extended. Um, crazy. And no? Djokovic was already the only player with 80-plus wins at each of them. So he's already got the 80-plus. Is he going to extend that to the sort of 90s? Well, he needs one more win at the Australian Open, which you'd expect him to be able to do. He could, come the end of his career, easily be 100-plus on all of them. And I think that's quite a sensible number. Um, he's not that far at all. And, yeah, against Borna Goyo, we're not going to speak about the match too much because I don't think it was what much of a match. No, I quite liked the fact that Goyo's name rhymes and we were able to sing <laughs> loads of songs. I also liked the um, his hair was quite nice, the bleached hair. I thought it went with the outfit and the wet look. Aside from that, some good winners at times, but Djokovic was always going to win, and it was very, very straightforward in the end for the Joker. So let's move on to one of the final segments, and that is we've spoke about the big story and eager going out. We spoke about Djokovic now and Coco Goff. Let's speak about the Americans, and they are flying. We've got, you can see the three here uh, Taylor Fritz, Francis TFO, and Ben Shelton. The pride of their nation. The US hopefuls are putting in work at this year's US Open. And this is now three American men in the quarterfinal for the first time since 2005.
0: Wow, that's a good uh, statistic. We obviously got Coco Goff, and we've still got Pagula on the women's. We got Madison Keys, Keys. we got Peyton Stearns. The Americans. Are bringing it in this tournament. I love that they're playing to the best of their ability, because this is what the U.S. Open's about. If we want to get the best, uh, like the best reception from the crowd, guaranteed we're going to get it if there are U.S. players left in the draw, and it keeps the like the intrigue in the tournament. I think Taylor Fritz, he's got a big challenge coming up. It's Novak Djokovic again. His eighth match against him. Will it be eighth time lucky? Interesting, though. She's lost all seven, Co- man. Coco Gauff was, lost her first seven against Eager. Well, no, guess okay. what happened in the last one? She beat her. Is Taylor Fritz going to go to Coco for some advice, maybe, about beating some of these uh, great players? He did say in his press conference that Djokovic has done him over so many times that he's hoping that this is going to be
1: different. and He seems quite confident about maybe making a change. So Let's see. Taylor Fritz not dropped a set. I think he's the only player left in the draw who's not lost one on the men's and he's playing with a US Open crowd behind him. Potentially, uh, then that semi-final, if Djokovic mm. can get through, Fritz will be against one of these other Americans, Ben Shelton or Francis TFO. I feel like if it's Frances TFO, that will be a harder match for Djokovic because I think he will get the crowd more on his side. Not that Ben Shelton don't, like he's a young player, I'm sure the crowd will be really excited for him. More experience. But I, feel, I feel like France's If I is more of an entertainer and he'll get everyone really on board with him. It'll be a late match. The American crowd will be drinking a few beers and I think it will get very rowdy and Djokovic may get a bit frustrated, but we've seen him in these situations about a million times and he always comes for and wins. So very good for American tennis. Out of them three, who has the best shot of beating Djokovic? I may surprise you, but I think it's actually the next match. I think Taylor Fritz is a better shot than the other two. Yep. And that semi-final, if he does beat
0: Fritz, I think will be a lot easier than the, se- than the quarter-final. Yeah, it's been a bit like that, his draw, hasn't it? He's had Lazlo, Gere, tough, Borna quite easy. Then he's going to have Taylor Fritz tough. Well, I mean, it's maybe. not going to be... Don't say...
1: <laughs> Shelton off TFO will not be easy. That will be still one of his toughest matches. He'll be the second toughest match of his draw so far. Well, uh, t- behind the Fritz. I think the Fritz one is the, will be the toughest match.
0: Well, TFO has been in the semi-final last year, so he's got experience. This time, yeah. he'll have... Well, he had the crowd on his side last time. This time, if he makes it there, it will be, I feel like, less nerve-wracking for him. He'll have... A different type of challenge if he was to get through because it could be potentially another American in Fritz. It could be Novak Djokovic. I'm sure he's hoping for Fritz, yep. not Djokovic because Djokovic, absolute beast. Shelton, he's your guy. Yeah, I mean, that could be the biggest surprise out of the lot. No one's expecting him out of those three. Maybe he's the one who makes it. Well, I've got it in my bracket.
1: I've actually called a Shelton-Jokovic semi-final before a ball was hit, so I believe it can happen. And I would love to see it happen, personally. And I think we've seen a big sort of shift now in the fact that there's so many young players coming through. But let's just look at this one. 149 mile an hour serve.
0: (laughs) I mean, there's not many better than that, is there? It's so quick. I mean, he just upped his best uh, personal best. It was 147, now yep. it's 149. What's it going to be in the next round? 151? Is he going up in two mile an hour?
1: Well, I think the fastest at the US Open is 151. Oh, okay. So it's very close okay. to that. Let me
0: just verify that, though. I'd like to know what his fastest ever serve is, Ben Shelton, because we're only getting, obviously, these statistics from slams. But It would be nice to, to know how fast is his limit. Because yeah,
1: so no, sorry, it's one five two. Roddick remains the record holder for the fastest serve at the U.S. Open, one hundred and fifty-two mile an hour. He's three mile an hour off. Um, I would love to see him sort of break that, but I I feel like it gets to a point like, can you even hit it any faster? Wow! I think I feel like he's maxing out. That's insane, really. Lightning fast, and
0: I want to see more of him. That's the beautiful thing about serving as well. It's not the biggest guy that always hits the fastest serve as well. It's the technique. It's it's so difficult. Yeah, his technique is obviously excellent. I would say placement maybe needs to be sometimes a bit better, but if you're hitting it that hard, sometimes if you get it even to the player, they, they can't control where it goes. It might just go long or... I think it's exciting though. Ben Shelton, he adds an extra dynamic with that serve and it might be something that gets him out of trouble in Grand Slam matches. Let's go quickly over to Taylor Fritz because this is uh, his first quarter-final since that match against Nadal at Wimbledon last year and uh, likely faces Djokovic, which we know it is, and uh, who he was beaten to, well, beaten 6-love, six 6-4, six in 62 minutes, just two weeks Yeah, ago. that was at Cincinnati. Oh, I mean, it's brutal. I think was. that
1: was actually quarter-finals, maybe, a Cincinnati. It was definitely, it wasn't too late on in the draw. And it was so one He got demolished, yeah. It wasn't competitive in America on the hard court. So things aren't looking great, but I feel, I feel he's going to play better at the U, this US Open one than the Cincinnati match. I quite like Fritz in a five set match I don't know why I just thought he's, kind of, he's got to play better than that and it's <laughs> got to be better I just can't see it being like that again but still Djokovic the, the
0: overwhelming favourite yeah most definitely um, last but not least I mean we spoke about Coco. Um Wozniacki obviously she's feeling very good about her tennis she had a fantastic run got yep. to give her a mention I think that She'll definitely, I agree with Coco, if she goes on and stays on the tour, she's going to be up there. She's going to be a seed. She's definitely good well, enough. Well,
1: she's already said she's not going to now play any more tennis this year. Um, but what she will do is be playing the Australian Open. So I feel like she's Brilliant. going to just play in the slams and she's definitely good enough to go well and go far in there. So
0: I heard, heard she was whispering, was it to... Like, uh, I can't remember who she was whispering to. One of the panellists on one of these, or somebody in the stands, a former player, and every time that they were hitting the ball in one of the women's match at La past Slam, she was saying, I can beat these. I can, be, like, I can beat all of these on the court. And she's come into this tournament and proved she can pretty much beat a lot of the top players. Yeah. And it's just Coco Goff. She's in scintillating form. If she didn't meet her. She might have made quarterfinals, maybe final. Yeah. No, I agree. But, uh, any other last people just to give a shout-out to? In terms of, well,
1: yeah, one, Sastaya. <laughs> we watched it live together and that was a really good match. She completely blitzed her opposition in Belinda Bencic, the gold medalist at the Olympics. I thought Sastaya was awesome on the day, just yep. played some really good scintillating tennis. And there is one more I tweet I want to bring up. I don't know if you've got it there. But if not, it's this one here, Carlos Navarro's tweet. And this is players in the fourth round at the US Open by age. I've got it. Um, It's just in a weird order. Just bear with me. It's okay, It's quite an easy one to bring up. And the reason I like it is because it just highlights, basically... I'm sure the Djokovic fans are going to really appreciate me sharing it because (laughs) it just highlights the insanity of Novak Djokovic because I feel like the... Let's be honest... The best age, I feel, would be about 25, 26. That's when you're at the peak of tennis. That is where you're going to see the bulk of the players. It's a bit different this year, in fact, that we've got so many young players coming through. But I don't think that is the norm. Most likely, sort of 25, 26. But let's highlight that. Incredible how we've got so many good young players. Sinner, and we spoke about to the death, and we know how good they are. You can consider them as some of the best in the world. But Al now doing it after losing the Next Gen Finals. It was one of the longest Next Gen Finals in history in which he lost. He's then gone on since then, won a Challenger, won some other events, and done done really well and gone deep. I think he's beat some. Who did he beat? Did he beat?
0: Um, I don't know off the top of my head. He's beat
1: someone. He beat Caspar Rude this year in a Masters event. He's beat some top players. So he's got
0: the pedigree.
1: He's turning a corner. Hijikata... Not quite seen that out of the Grand Slams, but still sown pedigree in played grand well against slams. Nadal, I thought when he played him. Agreed. Stricker a jury's out for him still. I'm not I'm not seeing enough of him, but um, definitely one one for the future done very well here. Draper, so much to say with him. If Can't he can wait. just keep all the injuries at bay and keep his, mo- his mental focus there and him handling the heat, we've seen him suffer with like sort of heat exhaustion in certain situations. He, ability-wise, is a top-ten player. I'm going to even say that now because he's that good. Shelton, incredible as well. And he's only 20 years old, Ben Shelton. So if he's hitting 149 mile-an-hour serves now at 25, could be cracking 160.
0: Imagine. (laughs) He perfects the technique to the point where he can hit a 160.
1: And then, of course, right at the top, this is what we need to speak about. Novak Djokovic, 10 years older than Zverev, Still, one of the favourites for the event.
0: It's mad, isn't it? Have we ever seen something like this ever in sport, and will we ever see something like this ever again? What I want to see is when we get four years down the line and we still see that name at the top. No, well, I don't 40. think we can. <laughs> but will we ever see something
1: like this ever again, Ben?
0: <sighs> Maybe when Alcaraz becomes thirty-six.
1: I don't. I don't, I don't think it's so hard, I think it's very difficult it to compete
0: with the. Uh, He's got a very What he's done with his whole
1: nutrition and the way he looks after his body. And yeah, there's so many
0: different aspects to it, and it's just, I don't think that can be reciprocated. People these days, I don't think they have the same level of discipline that no. people of that generation, which is probably my generation. I feel that the discipline levels, certain people are using the science, but it's there for everybody, but just certain people are really, really focused on it. Uh, if there were more people like him, he may have more challenges, yeah. but this is what it is. He is almost like a bionic guy at this yeah. point. I feel like he is, I think we changed his name to the Science Projects, Novak Djokovic, yeah. because if, he could be getting younger. I mean, who knows? Maybe in like four years' time, he starts playing even better than he is now. Yeah, I don't know. He's certainly <laughs> incredible. And I, like, I
1: really do like that statistic because it highlights just how incredible he is for 36. Keep going. But uh, right. anyway, let's wrap it up there. Thank you for joining. This has been day seven action. Um, the week's gone. We're moving into the second week now. Make sure to join us for plenty more tennis action. We've got some big names in action today. Medvedev's going to be playing. Alcaraz and some really good ones on the women's as well. Join us for them, and of course, join us for our daily episode tomorrow. Make sure, if you haven't already, hit the like button, subscribe if you're new, and we'll catch you very, very soon. See you then.
0: Idemo! Vamos! ¡Calitos!